0: Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, moving parts aplenty as the Red Raiders seek help up front defensively. We sort it all out next on Locked On Texas Tech.
1: You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Right!
0: Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our code Locked College for $20 off of your first purchase. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you, warming ourselves by the fire of a Red Raider conversation, chilly day in West Texas. So go on and saddle up and warm up with us for the next 30 minutes. We've got a couple of different (laughs) things to dive into. We'll be somewhat heavy on the future or on a recruiting front, I guess you could say. Some already in-house, but some maybe still yet to come as we kind of decompress from the portal frenzy and the signing class and things like that. We have to remind folks that not all of these windows are obviously closed at this point in time. You still do have a second signing day coming up not too far from now and you'll have to remind me on some of what is allowed from a portal perspective and whether or not we're choosing to follow those rules anyway uh, here in the LBK, <laughs> like everyone else is all across the country, but we'll get to some of what we saw from uh, Micah Hudson, Ellis Davis, a couple of future Red Raiders in the Under Armour All-American game yesterday, whether or not you got to take that in. Also want to get Micah Hudson thoughts within some historical perspective as it relates to some other Red Raiders that have come and gone, but... First, Chris, I just got to be straight up. When I hear that there's a dude they're calling tank in town, then I got to ask you about what this means for Texas Tech. Obviously, one of the blows that we didn't see coming and didn't so much enjoy for the Red Raiders was the loss of a defensive tackle and some interior help there just a couple of weeks ago as you had a BYU flip uh, in the form of Danny Salis. So didn't know how quickly you may be able to remedy that or address that. Or if it was even possible within this cycle, but I guess based on what it sounds like, uh, some visitors uh, have been. I, I don't know if we're quite done with that conversation. Maybe there is
1: some immediate addressing
0: of this possible.
1: There's yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, uh, more more than I guess I realized, uh, but. You know, uh, yeah, Mister. Uh, I didn't take a, a car. Uh, I, I didn't. I accepted no money uh, to go to uh, <laughs> the, the 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 Provo. Um, I, I I did not. Uh, yeah, you're, you're you're bowling in Shreveport, and he's visiting Provo, and um, you know, anyway. But uh, to each his own. But yeah, that that's the kind of player that you, I think, you thought you had, and you you are now trying to to find. Okay, so and, and the reason why is that. You know, we've kind of touched on this briefly at, at different times, but you know, you you, you miss, you know, because the bulk of your defensive tackle snaps this year, you know, were, were Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchings, and Quincy Ledet. Yeah, you had some other guys, you know, rotate in and 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 do some different things, uh, you know, due to Banks, uh, Trayvon McAlpine. Uh, I, I think you know were are kind of the. You know the 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 fourth and the fifth uh, options. You know we we talked about Amir, you know being a a piece, and we saw him in the bowl game. Although there's there's some discussion that I guess in early November maybe that they kind of moved him to maybe one of those edge you know players, one of those hybrid types where he's not truly a a defensive tackle anymore because he's about just about 270, and you you need bulk in there. You know when when you look at the league now and you look at how many teams, whether going to feature the quarterback run game or just running the ball downhill with RJ Harvey, with Ollie Gordon, you've got your guy. Um, You know, I'm, I'm missing, I I think a a few guys, but I mean, you, you, there's just some quality running backs in this league and uh, and I think you've got to be able to, to have some bulk up front to, to withstand it because if, if, blockers immediately get on jacob rodriguez or ben roberts it doesn't matter how good they are you got to have somebody that takes up space right there so those two uh, linebackers of yours can go make plays so that they what they want is uh somebody with some bulk that is strictly an interior player and they also want um an older guy not just because he's old but yes, that comes with experience. That comes with more time in the weight room and all that. They also don't want somebody that will necessarily stunt the growth of, of some of the guys that they've signed. You know, like, because these are names that a lot of people are not going to know, but these guys have been in the oven, if you will. We keep using that analogy <laughs> and that they were just uh, added to your roster a year or so ago. Like Tredarius Brown, uh, Jaden Cofield, you know Blake Burris is a guy that is a is a walk on that that's in the mix there too. Uh, Braylon Rigsby, um, and then I mentioned McAlpine, who is a, who is a freshman still. But you're what you're wanting to add is a bridge the gap type of player. You're trying to a- add somebody much like these offensive linemen. Several of them are one year guys. You're just trying to give your current. Players one more year of development uh, in the weight room, maturity, all the things that that you're looking for to where you don't have to throw them in there and like I have to have you. You can kind of ease them in or whatever. This is the way it's supposed to work. Now, so th- now now we'll catch up to to right now, <clears throat> and so this is like head on head on the swivel type stuff because yeah, I believe you have uh, Anthony uh, Tank. Um, let's see. Making sure, yeah, Booker. Okay, because there's there's several names here that we've got. Anthony Tank Booker from Arkansas, who's about 350. I think he's on campus right now. Now, what is uh, you know, it's like uh, oh, what was the old uh, Scooby Doo thing when when you know Shaggy would say something and the the, the Scooby would like you know like <laughs> what, what what like you, you get the attention last night you you offer uh a defensive lineman out of the portal from Nevada and you, as far as i know and i've tried to confirm and i think this is dead on i think you have one spot so again you know like uh, <laughs> i hope i'm doing that right I hope that, that makes sense Not bad. So, yeah, oh, yeah. okay yeah um so I, you know, okay. So, so does, <laughs> does Booker show up? Do they not, is he not what they wanted? Is he not, did, 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 did they not get a good vibe? Did he ask for something they weren't willing to provide? Did he, I mean, who the heck knows? Is it just, it, it didn't vibe. I mean, there's just no telling. I, I have no idea. Uh, but I think that the timing at like eight or eight thirty or about nine o'clock last night, Hey, just talked to James Blanchard. Thank you for offering me from James Hansen at the University of Nevada, who, mind you, got in the portal in early December. Okay. So I think it is very uh, interesting the timing here. And there's some talk that, you know, Hansen could be on campus by uh, the time you listen to our next show. Okay. On, on, on On a Friday. So, yeah, man, I I, I really don't know. I would also tell you that, you know, the the young man that was offered out of the portal from New Mexico State, Deion Wilson, I think was his name. Uh, I think he is headed to Syracuse. But, you you know, they offered him immediately upon entering the portal back in as soon as Jerry Kill announced he was stepping down, uh, the head coach at New Mexico State. And I, I guess I would just keep an eye on people like that even until they show up at Syracuse or wherever. Uh, I just wouldn't rule anything out because I think you were heavily in on a guy like Deion Wilson. But who, who knows how this plays out? You're going to end up with somebody. It's just a matter of the reasons why. And, and I don't want to try to connect dots that aren't there on Booker, but he's on campus. You just need one, and then you're offering other guys. It just makes you – beyond curious as to the reasons why. Either it's uh, this doesn't fit here, um, he doesn't like us, uh, we don't like him, um, th- there was something that it didn't jive with whatever that he asked to start. He asked for, you know, is there NIL factors here? Is there, I don't know, but something happened or you don't offer another guy. When, it, when theoretically, as far as I know, you have just one one spot to offer a defensive uh, interior defensive lineman, and here you are while a kids on campus. You're visiting. Is it leverage, or you'd be like, "Hey man, okay, you you want to test this? Okay, we're gonna offer this other guy and bring him in. We'll see how bad you want to be here." I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm theorizing here, but you, yeah. you get where I'm I'm going, and like uh, hopefully everybody understood what I meant by the Scooby Doo thing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and then there's then there's
0: also the row I think yeah. on occasion yes. he went he went
1: that route as well. So we'll yes. save that for maybe
0: another day if we have to go that route. I just want to make sure I understand First, today's episode brought to you by Game Time. And you shouldn't have to sweat it out when buying tickets to your favorite events. And with Game Time, you won't because it's always a breeze using the Game Time app, where you're going to find killer last minute deals, views from every seat, and their lowest price guarantee. Game Time is deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it begins, which means Game Time is the place to find last minute seats for any event. The fastest, easiest way to buy tickets, and not just fast, but it's also secure and simple to use when you download the GameTime app. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime by downloading the GameTime app, creating an account, and then use our code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 20 bucks off your first purchase. That's LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E locked on college for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and use our promo code locked on college for twenty dollars off download the game time app today for last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast I just want to make sure I understand. Portal window opens. You've got about 30 days, right? Which is, I guess, today, January 4th from the original opening. And
1: then we have another spring period or. Like
0: yes. Yeah, so, timeline,
1: right. Yeah. So, so portal is, uh, I think, yeah, it closed yesterday, today ish. Okay. Then it, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's done. But if you're in there, if you're already in there, because like Alabama, that's what nobody's going to feel sorry for Alabama, but it's like the, the, these playoff teams went to the very end of the cycle. And, and again, I think Alabama had like nine guys enter the portal yesterday, and yet here they are at the end of the cycle. They really can't go do much about it because all the portal guys are all picked through and you, you, you see what I'm saying? So well, they, they, they didn't know that their guys were going to leave until, and maybe they did know, but. Is, um, the, is the window just to get in? But you can still yes, continue to like that's get the them key. here to visit. If you that stuff. in, if you're in, you can still. But again, most guys want to be where they're going to be. Yeah, in the next week to ten days, because for most colleges, the semester starts around January the fifteenth, give or take a few days, and so and then you're you're not allowed to to visit. Uh, I think there's a small window here where the third through the seventh, that's why we're talking the defensive line visits here. The third through the seventh, I believe you're allowed to have this small window of visits uh, to where you have to be either in the portal or a junior college guy. That's a mid-year guy. Those are the only two uh, things that apply on on this little uh, mini visit window. But uh, yeah, you're, the window's about to shut, so if you're not in it, you're you're where you're going to be, you know, uh, once it closes, and then you can't do anything about it until after spring football. <laughs>
0: Man, wild to consider, but uh, it does sound like Texas Tech will uh, land a guy in that spot, like they're oh, yeah. going all out in a blitz to get a guy in that spot, whoever it's going to be. Okay, maybe more on that coming up on tomorrow's episode, so be sure that you are here for any potential further development. As far as the future is concerned otherwise, if you had a chance to take in the Under Armour All-America game yesterday, you might have seen a couple of Red Raiders and Micah Hudson and Ellis Davis and I got a question for you about Micah Hudson, but I was curious about Ellis Davis, uh right tackle in the game yesterday. I don't know where he's going to fit in necessarily at Texas Tech and obviously from an offensive line standpoint when you're talking about a high school guy, uh you're talking about some time to develop and and then hopefully you're talking about time to develop and then fit in. You don't necessarily want to be throwing in uh, freshmen or guys like that um, into that crew up front. But I, I'm kind of wondering just the more and more I kind of digest the class for Texas Tech, is, is Davis maybe one of the more unsung uh, gets for the Red Raiders? I know he's highly thought of as far as recruiting services and things like that. Uh, I don't know that the fans even know who he is or he's getting a lot of attention aside from those uh, recruiting sickos that uh, join us on <laughs> red Raidersports.com. But maybe he should be getting more attention, Chris, because, I mean, these are the kind of guys that eventually you're looking to uh, build your program upon, right? Offensive linemen or interior help on either side of the line of scrimmage that you can uh, get on campus and then develop and hopefully stick with, which I have to laugh as I say that following our portal conversation, but hopefully stick
1: with for the duration of their college careers. Crazy to think of it that way, but that that that, you're you're dead on. Like, yeah, we get all these top ranked recruiting classes. Like, you just hold hope you can uh, develop them one, and then hang on to them uh, two, uh, which is you know like never been a thing until uh, just recently. Uh, Yeah, Ellis Davis, big time uh, prospect, and all those things. But it's it's funny because you're you're bringing him up because the Under Armour All Star Game there in, in Florida, and. If you watch, like this is why the the portal was such a big deal for your offensive line group and why you you needed to attack it and do really well in it. And we don't know if you have. You you, you added uh, four pieces, and, and you hope that you've, you've done well there with some, some seniors uh, out of Toledo and Memphis and, and on and on it went. Um, because if you watch these all-star games, the best offensive linemen from a high school standpoint that are out there More often than not, I I would say almost every situation, and there's some exceptions, uh, but you can't block the best defensive linemen at high school. (laughs) Yes. Defensive line or edge guys, they're just further developed. They're further along, uh, typically. And it, it's just rare that you have an offensive lineman that is ready-made out of high school. It just doesn't. I mean, and I go back to like think about these names: Cowan for uh, for Texas Tech, uh, Louis Vasquez, La uh, Adrian Waddle, uh, LaRaven Clark, uh, Manny Ramirez, uh, Rex Richards. I may have missed. Uh, I may have missed somebody in that mix. Those are all guys that I know played snaps as true freshmen on the offensive line for Texas Tech. I believe every one of those guys was either a long time or had more than a cup of coffee in the NFL. Um, and, and again, so how many offensive linemen have you brought in over you know the past however many years? Well, I just named off like, what, five? that have ever really done it. And, and it's not that they were great as true freshmen, but because this is a, it, it's like the unicorn thing. <laughs> this is just like not one. You're not strong enough. You don't know your technique. You don't know scheme. You you, you just get overpowered, whatever it may be. Uh, but there's so many reasons. And like Ellis Davis, I think is going to be a phenomenal player, but right now he's at about 275 pounds. That, that's just not, you know, as good as he and, – and I think what people will tell you about him in the in the week of practice, he's extremely athletic. He carries his weight well. Um, he He's he, – you know, I, I think that – you know, because when you see Caleb Rogers bouncing around and running around like a small person, you forget. He, he's like, you know, on the right side of 300. And, and you're like, there's a big dude that's just bouncing around and moving like crazy, like, like, like he's smaller. Uh, you know, like you just don't see big people – Typically, move that fluid and that quick, and but I think Elvis Davis has got some athleticism. But it's just if you were to put him up against what what would be a fourth or fifth year guy at the college level next year, it's just you're you're asking for, Uh oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) we're going back, Scooby, on you. So, hence the reason that you you need these bridge the gap players. You desperately needed them just to keep these guys. If you can get the Ellis Davises into, you know, their their red shirt freshman, red shirt sophomore years, where they've been on campus for two to three years. And then it's like, okay, now we're gonna lean on you. Now we want you to start, we want you to carry it. And then and then you have some some years of consistency with with this core group. This is where it starts to get really fun. But you're just not there yet. Yeah. You know, uh, you're just not. I mean, we're we're not there yet with Caden Carr and Nick Faddick and Daniel Sill and and, and that group. Um, yeah. So, But, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think Ellis would be a really good player for you.
0: Put him on your radar and uh, oh, make yeah. sure you're aware because uh, he is certainly one of those building blocks that hopefully will be uh, cementing some things in a better way up front along that offensive line than they have been for a long, long, long time. It's not like Texas Tech was stacked year after year with elite offensive lines even in prior eras. But you are in an extended drought, I think, as far as putting together groups of above-average guys. We've touched on this before. You've had some NFL guys over the last decade. It's one here, one there, one there. I mean, are they playing together? Are there three of the five that have a future in the NFL? It's been a long time since you've had things like that going on. So trying to rebuild from the inside out on both sides of the yeah, football.
1: You, you know, the last, uh, do you know your last NFL offensive lineman? It's going to be a name that – I, it surprises me, but I think he's still he's still hanging, man. And I, I'd have to go to Jack Anderson, but I think it's wrong. I think you're, I think you're, is dead that right? right? I think that's right. Uh, and, and I think about those groups he was a part of, Chris. Like we were struggling mightily when he was on campus, and and yet I think right now you'd kill for a Travis Bruffy on your team right now. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you'd be like, yes, Travis, please come save us. I mean. <laughs> And, and that, and it was a bit of a struggle at the time, but I think that's just kind of where things are at, because if you look at concerns for your team next year and offensive tackle is, is you know, just offensive line in general is, is a concern and a worry until it's not. And it's just going to be. Um, and you hope that you've, you know, added a lot of these, you know, Vinny and Davion and, you know, um, all, all those guys. So. Yeah, the skyscraper. Um yeah, I hope Keith Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> I I
0: mean to go back to your Caleb Rogers example, uh, the size, the athletic ability, and still think about how much of a challenge it's been for him to have success uh in the Big Twelve. Like it takes so much mm-hmm. to be good up front on the offensive line on this level, uh, within this league and, and some others, of course. But and he's played three I better part yeah. of three-plus seasons? I know. And, you know, I just I'm so green with envy. I know we were spoiled from a quarterback perspective and many other perspectives, but as you got rolling later in the Mike Leach era, you really started stacking some offensive lines that were I mean, one of them probably could be described as one of the best ever in the history of the program, but the others certainly above average in the league and you can only wonder what you might have established there if that could have continued on a little bit further, but then offensive line attention just plummets in the Kingsbury era and the Wells era. And I guess I'd say, thank God for the transfer portal. It's been rough even with it, but I don't know where you'd be if you're just relying on like juco's and, and prep signees and things like that. Like we did once upon a time in the olden days before color television. Okay. Let's wrap (laughs) it up here, Chris, with the other guy that I mentioned. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And football is close to wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. So many ways to spice up the action with FanDuel's safe, secure, and easy to use app. Are you really even parlaying if you're not visiting FanDuel's Parlay Hub? I doubt it. So get to FanDuel.com/slash locked on today, and if you're a new customer, take advantage of $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place only a $5 bet with FanDuel at FanDuel.com/slash locked on, official partner of the NFL. Okay, let's wrap it <laughs> up here, Chris, with the other guy that I mentioned, Micah Hudson. Don't know if anybody got to take uh, got a chance to take a look at him there yesterday, but. You probably know by now what type of athlete he is. And I think a lot of what is just natural ability is what is going to give him a chance to make an impact immediately. You know, what does he know about D1 wide receiving? Well, I'm not quite sure because he's never done it before. But making plays, relying on his natural ability, obviously knows plenty about that. And as you're just rattling off some of those names gone by from an offensive line perspective, that's part of the reason why I thought you're the perfect guy to ask this question to. I wonder maybe who comes to mind for you when you think about other natural athletes. And it doesn't have to be a straight-up comparison, you know, like he's similar to Hudson in this way or that way. It doesn't even have to be a wide receiver. But who are some of those that you've seen come across campus that immediately when they arrive, you're like, this dude has got it. That it being that natural ability that you can't coach, you can't teach. And hopefully we don't have to go back too far. <laughs> I know it hadn't just been a rosy decade in that regard, but uh, who are some of those guys that come to mind?
1: You know, I, I think uh, it's it's hard. Like as far as when they showed up, because I, I remember a lot of guys, like the 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 I don't know the best versions of them. You know who I think uh, I think Micah has a chance to to remind people of. Uh, and again, I don't. This isn't this doesn't answer your question. It's kind of a cop out, but because this is a, a guy, he wasn't quite necessarily like this right when he got here, but people saw enough of him when he was here. But like Kiki Kuti, I mean, he could, and the reason I mentioned that is because Kuti was this, he wasn't the biggest guy. And I don't think he was like gonna win the fastest guy on the team award. But that year, if you go look at his numbers, the last year that he was out here and he left school early, which I, I mean, again, if you tell me, when I when he shows up as a as a prospect and you're like this guy's going to be so good he's going to leave early and he's going to get drafted fairly high, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. Okay, I mean, but you moved him all over the place. He he was like a returner. He was a slot guy. He was an outside guy. You handed it to him on jet jet sweeps. You manufactured touches for him, and it's like the opposition kind of knew you know, Hey, he's going to get fed the ball. And they really, you know, I mean, he was well over a thousand yards receiving in his last year. And I just, cause he ran by people, he ran around people, he broke tackles. He was just different. Uh, He had something about him that was just a bit different. And that's what, but it's not, that's not necessarily the right answer to give you in that this, this one comes in like this, this is a bit of a, um, because I, I, I'll just tell you, like about a year ago or last February ish, I was on a, I was on a flight, uh, I was coming back, and I was talking to a, a current high school football coach, and he was asking me about Texas Tech and recruiting, and he was asking me about Micah Hudson. He said, I. I vote on various things like the Waterburger, uh, Dave Campbell's Super Team, and and I do some different things as far as the top players in the state. I'm on like the the committee or or whatever, and I've I've poured over some of this this tape of of some of these top guys, and he was like, that guy is is different than anybody I've seen, and uh, I you know I in fact I think that they compared him and they said. And, I, and I'm trying. I think it was Lake Travis, which is where Garrett Wilson went went to. And Garrett Wilson, I think, went from Lake Travis. I think that's right. And he went to Ohio State, and now he's playing for the Jets. He's like in his second or third year for the Jets. He was going to be Aaron Rodgers' number one guy, and he is the Jets' number one target. The measurables are a bit different, but it's like at the high school level, they're like that's the closest thing I've seen. Uh, to Garrett Wilson is, is Micah Hudson, just because it's like, you can't, you're right. You don't teach it. It's like, it's twitchy. It's fast. it the ball skills, the route running, the, the, you, you just like, he's gifted. He just has it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know if you've had a guy like that came in ready made. And again, we'll talk about him all off season. I don't know what to necessarily expect. It could be anything from freshman of the year in the big 12 to Hey, he's just a really good college player as a freshman. I mean, I'll, I'll take all the above. I don't sure. know, but I mean, yeah, it's like <laughs> so. I, I you, you know, but yeah, he, he's somebody that can play all over, and it's just different. Um, and he, he tweaked his hamstring a bit. He didn't play a ton in this All Star game. His team got worked over and all that, but he did enough in practices where everybody was like the, Whoop? you know, like yeah. <laughs> Just to bring it back full circle. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think uh I think it sounds
0: like we're gonna have to to say Micah Hudson is to this point in a category uh unto his own. Yeah. I mean best wide receiver, maybe in the history of the program, certainly in the modern era, had a redshirt year, right? Michael Crabtree was was practicing for a year before we even saw him. I remember there was a good buddy of mine that was a a GA for coach Leach back in those days, specifically focused on special teams. And he would tell you pride and joy of Rawls, Texas, Nick, the quick Norris special teams falling off ever since he (laughs) left the program. Anyway, he's telling us for a year, Crabtree, 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 remember the name. And obviously easy to remember. I thought if I had to name one person that would even be near this type of, you can't teach it thing
1: in a recent setting, I'm probably going JaKeem Grant. Yeah, and there's the, I thought I thought about Cam Batson. I think it's like a combination of yeah. you know but because JaKeem was a joystick, but see I th- I think Micah is a bit faster. Um and I think yeah. he's a he's a bit bigger in size and I think you can play him more on the outside than you could with JaKeem who was really mainly a a slot guy. That's kind of why I went with Kiki, but I think yeah. it's a great point you make. I mean, it's just, it's
0: hard to compare somebody, and especially when we haven't seen him in red and black yet, but hard to compare somebody like Micah Hudson to anyone else. So hopefully we'll have ample opportunity to compare and contrast when we see him making plays week after week whenever the fall arrives. All right, appreciate you guys for being out there with us here today. Hopefully you'll join us tomorrow as we set the table for a Big 12 opener from Austin, Texas. And as I already mentioned, further developments up front as Texas Tech continues to seek some help there on the defensive side maybe swinging back to that conversation tomorrow
1: as well. Chris, I uh, appreciate the insight as always, man. Enjoyed it. Hope it is alive, people. Head on the swivel, man. And uh, Micah Hudson will be here, like I think, uh, I think this weekend, permanently. So giddy up there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll talk some, uh, talk some hoops. Yeah, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an
0: episode. And we hope to see you back here for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.